Jeff is going to come, and as we're working through Advent, and we've been uh, reading uh, each week, and uh, we missed a week um, because of the snow and everything else. So the first candle was hope that we we didn't weren't able to do, but Michelle filled in last week, and then last week was peace. And again, we talked about how much peace we need, and and that Jesus is the peace and uh, the coming peace. And today, Jeff's going to introduce. Not only the the Advent, but also um, my sermon topic for this morning. So go ahead. Hello. Yep, it's working. <laughs> it is. On the day of Advent, as we think about the coming of Jesus Christ, we light the candle of love. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. This is how God showed his love. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. All people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Thank you, Jeff. Yes, we've talked about love, and I also wanted to mention before I forget, because someone, there's one I want this morning. If you notice, we have these Christmas trees up here, and, and there's a lot of different Christmas trees, but there's one I want to kind of point out, especially this morning, this is tree right here. And as a reminder, this tree is representation of those who have yet to come to, to faith. And so you can grab a bulb, and we have them in the back, and you can hang it, and as a reminder to be praying for those people that they would come to know Jesus. And so this is our faith tree. So it's one of our, our, our good trees here that you can uh, participate in as well, whether you're just visiting here today or a regular member. So that's our faith tree. And there's already some bulbs up there, and so I wanted to make sure that I Remembered that. So, again, there's so much going on this time of year. But it's good. It's good to have these things and good reminder, again, as we celebrate this season of Jesus Christ. Well, as we've talked about, today's message is on love. And again, when you look at a topic like love, at least when I looked at it, I mean, you could pick any number of scriptures. That's like the, the fire hose of all fire hoses to go try to narrow down. And so I'm going to attempt to do a little bit this morning and try to, try to focus us a little bit on love, specifically our love from the Father, our love for each other, and then there's a tough group that we really need to love as well, and we'll get to that near the end. But love, it's one of those big words, has a lot of meaning. It's easy to say, right? Love, yeah, I love you, right? You that are married, you know, you get used to exactly. But you know what? Love doesn't mean much unless it's put into action. You're going to hear me say that a lot, right? At love is an action word, right? And good, it's not bad to say it. And sometimes we struggle to say that word love. You know, I love you. But really, it means even more when we put action behind it. Because if I am contradicting myself and I say I love you, but yet I'm not doing the things that are very loving, that word loses meaning. And certainly God did that for us. And so we're going to look at love this morning. So if you have your Bibles, if not, hopefully Lake has it up there on the screen. I know it's been working at it, but probably a verse that you're very familiar with, John 3.16. We're going to start off with that this morning and kind of work from there. And again, very familiar. Um, If you grew up in the church and in Sunday school, that's one of the first verses you learn right off as a little child. It's easy. It kind of goes nice and smooth. 
Um, I learned it in the King James because that's how old I am. I was back, and that was the only version that we were kind of everyone used. And so if I slide back into that this morning, help me, but I'm going to try to read it out of the NIV this morning, which is what I'm working through. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17 goes on, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God, one and only Son. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. All right? Again, we've been reminded just even recently as we were working through the membership class, Jesus is the only way. Right? And God sent his one and only Son. For us, for the world. First, when I read that, you know, again, I, I want to personalize it, right? It, it's for me, but it's also for you, but it's for the world, for everyone, even those beyond what's here this morning, those who are before us, those who are yet to come. That son was for all of us. God sent that. I love the, the scene that we have here, right? We have the manger scene, and, and we can see that. And again, that's the birth, and we celebrate that. And again, you can see the, the manger here and baby Jesus. But you know what? Jeb, you got the prize seats over here, you and Heidi, right? Because one of the other things that I love about here, especially at church, and sometimes we forget, but as we look at the manger scene, what's just beyond it? The cross, right? The reason for Jesus coming was for the cross, it kind of puts a little more perspective in it. God knew before he sent his son that the cross is where he was going to end up. And again, there's some distance, there's some time there's on that timeline before Jesus ends up on that cross, but that's where he's headed, right? Christmas before Easter works out well that way, but again, through time, we can look back on that. But that cross is what yet to come. And again, we also hear, you notice there's nothing on that cross, right? Because Jesus is not on there. We actually sang about it this morning. Ryan, I don't know how you knew that. I don't know how you picked that. That was good picking of song. You somehow knew that, right? Talked about the resurrection, right? Jesus doesn't stay on that cross. He rose again, and we believe that. Eternal life. Those are the means that gives us that hope of eternal life with Jesus Christ. Again, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. That wasn't his mission. He wasn't coming here to, to judge us right then and there. We were already condemned. We needed a Savior. We needed that Son to die on the cross for us. It's vitally important. We, we, we had to have that. Otherwise, there's no, there is no hope. Again, as we look at the world, a lot of the world doesn't know that yet. They don't know that there is a way out of that condemnation. They live under that. Again, we want to focus on that this morning a little bit as well. But it's yet to come. But again, the cross is in view in Christmas. And again, eternal life, that's that life in heaven. So many of us, it's easy for us to, to, to get our minds around heaven, right? We all kind of wish that. Even when you talk to non-believers, they, they kind of have this, well, I hope they'll we'll go to a better place. But if not, they're looking at hell. We tend to focus on that. But again, we, we need to be reminded of that. That's where people are headed. And again, Jesus came to provide that way for us. Rounds out the, the end of this paragraph here. It says, the verdict... Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil 
Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Again, if I wanted to go, go simple here, this would have been a great message because you know there's three points here, right? There's life, there's love, and there's light. Three L's. It would have made a nice three-point if I was doing an outline. But you know, for you that know me on a regular basis, I'm, I never do things perfectly, and this message is going to go beyond that. But again, that light, that light, what does light do? It exposes, right? Exposes happenings, things that are going on, things that are evil. I used to work as a chaplain with the police department, and you know, the, the easiest shift, if you want something that's not going to go on in the, the quietest time, is actually in the middle of the day. Other than some accidents, there's very few crimes that are committed in the middle of the day. But guess what? Second shift and third shift, that's when it's the busiest. So if you want to be busy as a police officer, you usually sign up for those shifts because that's when, that's when alarms go off. Right, Bryce? That's when the alarm goes off, right, 1130 at night. Yeah, yeah, we had that happen this week. Nothing to do with a crime committed, just was a censor. But, but that's, that's when things happen in the middle of the night, in darkness. That's when evil takes place. Not that it can't take place during the light, but it tends to, that's even naturally happen at night. But in our own lives, coming under that light, under that exposure, God flushes out things, things that are going on, things that are wrong. I think one of the most dangerous prayers you can pray, at least I found this to be true, is God, show me what's wrong. I know something's off, but God, show me what's wrong. Something in my heart, something's not quite right. Something that's holding me back in my relationship. You know, I, I, he's always faithful. He always shows me. There is something. There's something that either I've admitted, I've forgotten, or I don't really realize, but it's, it's something that he reveals. And again, he brings it to light. He brings it to mind. But you know what? The great thing is I can ask for forgiveness, and automatically the relationship is restored to its fullest. Again, in the right place with God. Now, I may have to go do something about that. That's another whole lesson, but that's part of this light, that light into the world. And again, it's not wrong to think of Jesus came and brought that light, shone brightly for us. But again, not under condemnation, but a means for salvation. So this word love, I said where this is a message about love, it's hard, right? It's hard to put into define. It's hard to, to you know, what does that encompass? Well, I think one is very well, Paul does a great job in Corinthians. Some of you may remember this or, or know this very well. We quite often do it at weddings, but Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to jump through time a little bit. And even in this letter, Paul writes this to a church that had kind of lost some of its, its love, its love for each other. No, like I said, we do these at weddings quite often, but in context, it's actually brothers and sisters in Christ. It's actually people in the church. That's what, what this is written for. It's not really written necessarily for marriage, although it works very well in marriage, and hopefully you've married a brother or a sister in Christ, and you have that dual relationship. And certainly it does get amplified, I think, or even sometimes exemplified in, in marriage. In fact, if a couple comes to me and they're struggling, just letting you know, if you ever do, we're going to go through the love chapter. Right? We're going to work through that because in there, there are many things that kind of show us where we're falling short of that. I can say I love, 
but my actions aren't lining up. And so this helps us with the definition of love, and it kind of brings it, you know, the, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we have to put it into practice. So starting in verse 4, love is patient, right? Love is patient. It means that if I love someone or, and I say I love them, then I need to be patient with them. How hard is that, right? Do we all get impatient? Yeah. Usually because I want to do something my way or I want to do it in my time frame with my parameters and this other person's not cooperating. And so I'm not always patient. But if I flip that, then what I'm communicating is that I don't love you enough to wait for you. Again, I, I always wrap it around the marriage, right? Quite often the reason, you know, usually one of you is right on time and someone's a little bit earlier or some of you run a little bit on the late side, right? That's one of those tests. Might be impatient. PJ and I take two vehicles, but that has nothing to do with that being patient. It's just usually we're going separate ways at different times. Um, She's actually usually getting me ready first in the morning so I can get here early. So it's not that. But you know what? If that helps solve the problem, then that's fine. But being patient is part of that. Love is kind. Sounds like a simple thing. Just being kind. Again, that communicates love. Just doing those little things that show kindness in relationship. And again, brothers and sisters in Christ, taking time for each other, remembering things, remembering our names even is an act of kindness. But doing those little things, helping one another, being kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud, right? Humility. Right? Pride does not help. In fact, it hinders love. So being humble for that person. Again, that's all part of loving them, not just saying it, but actually putting it into action. Oh, ever. Yes. What's an example of being proud in love? Proud in love? Oh, no. It's kind of the reverse. Actually, if I'm proud, then I'm not communicating love. Because my pride is I'm, I'm trying to draw the focus on me and not on you. I said I could play guitar better than you, Everett, and I can, you know, I could do what you do up there. A, it'd be a lie, but B, again, I'd be trying to boast if I, even if I could. So again, pride gets in the way. Pride doesn't help us with that. It doesn't communicate love to that other person. Um, it's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. I love those in the fact that it's not looking at my interests, right? Again, no one who walks around us should be on pins and needles, right? We should be easily approachable. We shouldn't be always ready to blow, that easily angered. That, that to me, it reminds me of, of someone, again, I'm going to show my age a little bit. My mom used to use a pressure cooker, right? And we used to watch the little needle in the gauge, and it would be hanging on that, that mark, and it would just get to that, that, that point, right? But you never wanted to go over, because if it went over, there was a potential to blow up my mom would say, blow up the kitchen, right? And it'd be a huge mess. But you'd watch it and you'd just sit there and just kind of, it could only be so long at this certain temperature. Again, not that I ever cooked, but that was something my mom did. But I remember that. And I remember the tension that would build. And again, we wouldn't be in the living room. We'd be in the kitchen watching it, which was probably the stupid thing to do because if it was going to blow, we'd be all blown together, I guess. But it's the same thing, though. You know people and you know, you probably yourselves get to that point. 
right? You're just ready to blow. You're, you're, you're just waiting for that last straw to be broken, and you're just going to dump on somebody, right? A lot of you are laughing and smiling. Guess what? It happens, right? And, and the sad thing is when we do that, when we blow it and we lose it, again, it's not the, 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 the worst thing in the world we need to ask for forgiveness, but you know, when we do that, the problem is it's like a shotgun. It blows up and it goes everywhere, just like that kitchen mess that it would make. And it hits people quite oftentimes that we never intended to. We're mad at maybe this thing, but we end up hitting many others. You that have families know that, you know, I can be mad and I lose it with PJ. Guess what? The kids are affected. Shoot, even the dog is affected, right? If you have a dog, you know, the dog goes and cowers in the corner. It's not a good thing. But that's part of that, not easily angered, not waiting to blow up, being patient, that all working together. It's a long list. It's not easy to love. It's hard to love. In fact, it takes a lot of work. This next one, I not only have it underlined in my Bible, I have it highlighted because this is one of those ones that I struggle with probably as much as, it, as any of this part of loving. It says, love keeps no record of wrong. Whew. Right? You've heard the saying, have you ever heard of the saying, forgive and forget? And if you've been around me at all, you know that statement's not true. Right? Forgive and forget is no such thing. It's not, you won't find it in the Bible because you know what? We don't forget. If you hurt me deeply, I'm not going to forget it. Now, I can love you, I can forgive you, and, and we've done a whole message on forgiveness. And what happens if we don't forgive someone? But this comes back to that love keeps no record. I always say it's amazing when we get in an argument, we become all lawyers. We, we lawyer up really quick, right? Except for we're the lawyer, right? I can pull out a case, and I can remember things back 10 years ago, and I'll throw that in. And sometimes if it's a weak argument, I'll throw things that probably don't even relate, but I'll, I'm going to throw it in there to make my point. Guess what? When I'm in that mode, I'm not communicating love, and I'm wrong. And I need to take ownership of that. So I have that one highlighted. You may not struggle with people, but again, keeping records of wrong is not showing love. Pigeonholing people. In fact, again, as I mentioned, marriage counseling, I'll quite often say, if you use the words never, always, you're probably in the wrong direction because no one usually does something always or never does that. And so, again, you have to check your own heart. But again, you may be keeping some of those records of wrong. Paul kind of changes it here, changes the tone a little bit. It says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I always had a hard time. I had to kind of study that out a little bit more. But what I kind of took away from it was that I love that person enough that if something bad happens to them, I don't rejoice in that. I'm not happy that things are not going well. And I find that if it's someone that I've had a hard time with, I can fall into that trap pretty easily. In fact, I, again, maybe it's just me, but I get, I'm guilty of saying, hey, they got what they deserved, right? I want to pile on. That's not communicating love. That's not being very loving. That's not showing love. And so it kind of helps me to, to, to know that. about not delighting in their evil, that something they're doing is wrong and they have consequences, I still need to love them for that and love them through that. Maybe God's asking me to step up and help them even more. At the very least, I should be praying for them. So Again, that's all part of that love and loving them through those things. Love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres, love never fails. 
Again, no wonder why we don't use this. We, we use this at weddings. But again, in context, it's for how we should operate as a church body. It's how we should operate on a normal basis, not only on Sunday mornings. That's not too hard, really. Sunday morning is pretty easy. I mean, it's only a couple hours. And I mean, there's sometimes some moving parts and there's things that, that we can upset each other. But again, it's that Monday through Saturday when things really get tough and things are outside of Sunday morning church. Maybe it's at the workplace, or maybe it's when we're doing something. We're doing an event with someone. You know, we did that event at CLC this week. Jeb had to spend a couple extra hours with me this week, so he had to put a lot of love in, into that. And Hey, for the record, Jeb and I only ate one donut each, just so you know, even though, I tell you, it was a temptation, but we, we held up. Huh? It was at the end. That's right. We waited until we made sure we had plenty of donuts. We, waited the end. we did good. We held each other accountable to that. Now, Don's not here. We don't know how many Don... No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm going to throw Don under the bus. I know PJ didn't eat even one, but that's... I know, she's amazing. She ate the hole in the middle, but she left the donut there. Uh, yeah, she's, PJ's got gluten, and that's, that's another hole. But it, 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 you know, working together during the week, that's when things can become tough. In relationship and, and, and interacting with people and going through tough times together... That's when love needs to come through. That's when we need to love each other. Again, not forgetting that love started with God in the first place. Right? Back to the manger scene, right? Back to God sending his only son. All right, so if you've got that mastered, see, all right, I, I, I got you, child. I got love and, and I've got that mastered. I got this under control. This is a pretty good church family and, and, and the believers. So, yeah, I, I got this under control. All right, I'm going to turn it up one more notch because, again, this is where it gets really even a little bit harder. All right, turn with me to Luke. Let me see here. Luke, I got it over here. I got so many pages here flipping through. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Was it up there? It's good. If I had the wrong, well, I'm doing one in Matthew too, and sometimes I get the, the confusion. But Luke chapter six, like I said, I went up the game a little bit. All right, all right. Again, it's easy to accept God's love for us. Now you've maybe or you got loving each other, loving brothers and sisters in Christ. But now the game goes a little bit higher. It goes a little bit further with that. Again, don't miss this. Luke starts off here in verse 27. But I tell you, you who hear me. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Ouch. That's hard to do. Right? Can we just be honest? That is, that is hard to do. That is probably one of the most difficult things to do, even as a believer. Never mind. If you're, you're not a believer, I, it's, it's probably impossible. I think it is impossible. But as a believer, this is where rubber meets the road. This is where it gets tough. Love your enemies. And these are actually Jesus' words that he's telling here in part of his Sermon on the Mount. So, again, you're going to need a lot of prayer to get through that. But again, that's part of that love. That love is more encompassing than just loving those who love us and those who are close to us in the same faith, those that are good to us, but those who mistreat you. 
Again, you may have heard this scripture before, but if someone strikes you on one cheek, turn the other also. Someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you'd have them do to you. That puts love in another perspective, right? That's, that's going beyond just being kind. That's going beyond just that being patient and all those things. And we need to do that as part of that. But now we're, we're doing it to someone who's costing us something. It's hurting, whether it's emotionally or even physically. And, and Jesus here is saying, go beyond that. Right? Turn the other cheek. I've heard that said many times. But again, this is where it really puts it into practice. Like if they take one thing, they take something more. Don't demand it back. Giving grace, giving mercy. Again, we can only do that with Jesus. That's the only way that's possible. Again, it, it, our world system doesn't operate that way. Right? Another whole message in that, but I'm just going to continue on here in verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect payment, what credit is that to you? Even the sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. Because it's kind to the ungrateful and wicked, be merciful just as your Father is merciful to you. Again, if we look back to this season, right? Did God have to send His Son? Enemies. Didn't have to. He chose to. We were those enemies of God. So if we put that into perspective... How much less is it those enemies that we have? Really, in comparison, it should be, as we grow in our faith, it should be easier to do those things. In light of the cross, in light of what we've been given, in light of the mercy that we've been shown. And that kind of pulls it into a different realm. And we read in John 3.16, right? God gave his one and only son for us so that we may have eternal life. And again, if that's not enough for you, I have one more passage as we, we wrap up this morning. And we're going to have the kids come out, and they're going to share a little bit of Christmas and part of that celebration. But in case that loving your enemies doesn't quite sit well with you and you struggle with that a little bit, guess what? Jesus said it again in another part of this message. And so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. And I chose this one as well because it kind of wraps it up and we'll kind of pull this all together and it back to that perspective again at the end. But verse 43, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Again, that's what the world was saying, right? Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Right? If they're an enemy of you, just hate them. Strong words. But Jesus tells us, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute. There's that word prayer again. That's why prayer is so important and we need to continually be in that and in right relationship with Jesus that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. 
He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet one only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I want to focus on that last part. That is the goal. That is part of the love, right? That's the part of Jesus that we need to emulate probably the most, is loving not only those that are, in our, that are fellow believers, but loving those in the outside world, those enemies of God. And as a believer, they're an enemy of you as well. And so we need to love on them. We need to pray for them. We need to be willing to give to them. And all that that encompasses with that love. Again, to work towards being that perfect as our Father in Heaven is. Tall order. But that's what love encompasses on all different levels. Bow with me, please. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we do need so much help in this area of love. And as we've been reminded this morning that you loved us so much that you sent your son. You sent your son as a a little baby into a world that needed him desperately. In full knowledge of he was going to have to do on the cross for our sins, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the love that you poured out on us. Lord, help us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ to the fullest. That you strengthen us, that you encourage us, that you remind us of those things. Hide in the darkness. And Lord, that we go beyond that, especially this time of year, that we love those who are outside the faith, who do not know you as Lord and Savior. Continue to grow us, continue to help us to see people as you see them. Give us a love for them that goes far beyond our words. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.